heart. The sheep, fat with the good mountain grass, and the owners, both in their eighties, eager to give the young couple all the help and advice possible. It was summer when they took possession, and very soon they realized that a baby was on the way, so that their cup of happiness seemed full to overflowing. Reese once remarked that Molly never stopped smiling, and this they both knew was because they were so happy. Hard work, small returns, and the fear that they might make mistakes were all offset by the clean mountain air, the sweet silence after years of noise, and their very real affection for their livestock, their horses, and their prick-eared, tongue-lolling border collies, without whom, they would, Reese knew, have made many bad mistakes. But it had been a hard labour, and this time Reese had agreed with the doctor that his wife would be better in a proper maternity hospital. So a couple of days before the expected birth, Molly had gone off to Liverpool, promising Reese that she would ring the post office as soon as she had news to impart. She had taken with her a couple of sensible cotton nightgowns, some of Chris's old baby clothes, and a couple of farming magazines, and when Reese had found her flimsy honeymoon nightie when tidying their room, he had taken it to bed with him, enjoying the faint flowery smell of the talcum and soap she used, finding it a comfort. The storm was getting closer, and a good deal louder. Reese half sat up, wondering whether he should go to Chris, tell him that the thunder posed no threat. But before he had done more than swing his legs out of bed, there was a crack of thunder so intense that it sounded like a bomb exploding, and his little son appeared in the doorway, crying for his mummy. Immediately, Reese held out his arms, and the little boy struggled into them, his own small arms curling round his father's neck, his curly head butting Reese's beneath the chin. I'm frightened. I shake, he muttered. Where's Mummy? I want Mummy. You aren't the only one, Reese thought, cuddling his son's small body and dropping a kiss on the child's damp curls. Don't you remember, old lad? Mummy's gone to Liverpool to bring you home a little brother or sister, he said, aware that Molly wanted a daughter, though he would have preferred another son. Farmers need sons as fish need water, and Reese was no exception. However, Chris was only a baby still, probably didn't know what a sister was, for the farm was remote, and though Molly took him into the village a couple of times a month, he was too young to play with other children, or indeed to pay them any attention. He likes animals better than people, same as I did when I was a kid, Reese told himself. The way he behaves when Molly is busy, staggering around after the sheepdogs as though he were a small pup himself, is enough to make a cat laugh. He reminds me of Mowgli, Reese thought, remembering the boy who was brought up by wolves in Kipling's Jungle Book. Another tremendous crash of thunder brought with it a gust of wind so strong that the curtains were dashed to one side. As the vivid lightning flashes lit up the room, Reese clutched the baby involuntarily, expecting that Chris would begin to cry once more. But this time Chris seemed rather more interested than afraid. He wriggled out of his father's arms and ran over to the window. Where dockies? he asked anxiously. What made... The Big Bang? Train? Car? Tractor? Reese hurried across to draw back the curtains so that he could see what was happening in the yard outside, 
and saw with real dismay that the corrugated iron roof on the pigsty was flapping up and down in a manner that boded ill for the occupants. Rhys hesitated. He dared not leave the baby whilst he ran into the yard and tried to secure the roof, but he could not take the child out with him, for the storm, far from easing, seemed to get wilder with every moment, and the sleet and the cold were intense. He was fond of the pigs, but they would simply have to take their chance, along with the rest of the stock, most of which was out on the hillside. He and Chris had better simply sit in the kitchen and wait for the storm to pass over. He scooped up his son and went down to the kitchen, sat in one of the well-cushioned and comfortable basket chairs, and watched quite enviously as Chris's thumb slid into his mouth and his eyelids drooped. Wish I could sleep, he thought but the noise of the storm alone would have kept him awake, even had he not been worrying over Molly.